Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. I'm thankful to be here. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you, Katrina, for reading the word to us this morning. It usually takes me five minutes to go through each verse, so if you can count it up, you'll know how long you'll be here. Now, that usually gets a little laugh or everyone runs out the door, one of the two, but uh, I'll let you off because you're wearing your mask today. So, a little bit different accent from the north of Scotland. I used to be a commercial fisherman, and then I heard the Lord say back in 1979, lay down your nets and follow me. Well, what do you do with that? Um, You can do nothing else but uh, seek to follow through what he says to do. And that's what me and my my wife Yvonne have done through the years. We celebrate in July 40 years of ministry, and next year we'll celebrate 40 years as a church up in the little town of Banff in the northeast. And we have a church in Aberdeen and also a church in Elgin, Scotland as well. And we're very, very thankful. I love the worship this morning, by the way, all you worship leaders. That was amazing, bringing us into the presence of the Lord the way that you did. There's nothing like praising the Lord and enjoying His presence. It only, I'm 73 years old, but I'm as young, um, well, I don't know how how young I am in the spirit, but um, I've no intentions of giving up. People always ask me when I'm going to retire. I did hand over the pastorate of the church because we started off on a new journey. We started off, um, um, we would, you know, I was, I helped start the Antioch movement back in the early 90s uh, when I'm, after I met Jimmy Seibert in, um, in 1989. And, um, and so I've journeyed through the Antioch movement, uh, and you know, they, they're very kind to me. They gave me responsibility for Siberia. I did try to, I did try to get Hawaii, but uh, I don't know, it just fell on deaf ears somehow or another. So they gave me so, Siberia. If you want to come to Siberia on mission, you're very, very welcome. It's a wonderful place to go, and, um, and I just love it there too. Um, we have a lot of churches and a lot of things happening out in that area. Another area they gave me was Mongolia. Now, you love Mongolia, wouldn't you? Um, so I'm just giving you a choice of some of the, the real tasty places to come on mission sometime and uh, to be stirred up in your heart. And so we tend to, I should be there at this time of year um, in Siberia at the moment, but uh, that's all happened on Zoom um, recently. So, um, yeah, but it's a great privilege. I came down by train, my goodness, down to Sheffield yesterday. It was great. I didn't talk to anybody. I don't, I'm a bit of an introvert, really, but, uh, um, and so um, I'm just thankful to be here because I believe that God is speaking to his church in this season. And as Katrina so wonderfully read this scripture to us, it's a scripture that God laid on my heart back in 2015. I was actually in Waco, Texas, and um, I was praying for a lot of people that day. Um, And the Lord spoke to me very clearly about some things that were going to happen. And one of the things that he said to me, he said, 
Just keep your eye on the unusual things that are happening around the world. And when you see unusual things happening, that's the time to get on your knees and pray, and pray all the more. It was, um, I woke up one morning back in 6th of January 2015, and I woke up in an open vision. Um, Just that sense of God in, in the moment, and I was walking along in this little village in the northeast of Scotland, a little place called Crovia. I don't know if you've ever been up north, but Todd will tell you all about it. He's been there many times now. And um, as I was walking along, I could see the sea disappearing. You see, the houses are here, and the sea would be just at the end of the platform there, a very narrow walkway, and they're very close to the ocean there. And uh, And just as they would say the sea would disappear, you know, the surge would take place before a tsunami wave would come in. And I started to shout to the people, get up on higher ground, get up on higher ground. And then I got on a bicycle in this vision, and I I started to go across the the, the front of the the village back to get my car to drive up the, the hill before the wave came. And I kept shouting to the people in their homes, get up on higher ground. They were coming out of their houses and putting up their shutters for the sake of a storm coming and a wave coming. And then I woke up and I said, Lord, what's going on here? What are you you saying? What are you doing in this moment? And um, he said, well, everyone's expecting revival to happen. We hear that word quite often in the body of Christ at the moment. And uh, he said, so what would you do if a wave of the Holy Spirit was to come and hit the church? And I said, oh, Lord, I said, we know exactly what we would do. We would have a meeting, don't we? We love meetings, don't we? Um, and so we would have a meeting. And he said, he said, yeah, that's what you would do. But the next move of God is not going to come out of your meetings. It's going to come out of my presence. So therefore... I need you to get on higher ground so that I can begin to show you my glory and how I'm going to move in the next few years. And really, back in 2015, he was talking to me about um, this year and the next uh, three years after this one, um, about what God wanted to do. And that's what um, the story in Second. Chronicles um, is all about. And, um, you know, I'm going to cut into the story, but first let me say, you know, uh, Katrina read there about how Jehoshaphat was, was praying to the Lord, and he said, what, why on earth is this enemy coming against us? We've done nothing to deserve where we are at and for this enemy to come against us. In fact, when the people of God came out of Egypt, they didn't go anywhere near those, those, those uh, tribes, and we did nothing to harm them. So why are they coming and doing this to us? Have you thought about that this last year and a half? What have we done to deserve where we are in this nation at this moment? What have we done to deserve it? Why? Some of you students have come all the way over and, and from, from different places and Singapore and all across Asia and stuff, and you're here. And 
you know, and then all this COVID and all that stuff starts. What have we done to deserve this? Why have we been um, hemmed in and subdued in this way? And it's easy to think like that and to look like that and, and to wonder what God is doing. But just think of some of the unusual things, an unusual Brexit, and there's an unusual word coming out of Scotland. It's called separation or, uh, you know, an annihilation, I would call it personally, but I'm not going to get political. Anyway, um, but, you know, all these unusual things... Um, Three prime ministers in the last few years, and, and then this COVID thing happens, and, and you know, it's, it's a strange day that we're living in, but it's an opportunity for the church to begin to seek the Lord. For me, since the 6th of January 2015, the Lord said, well, I need you to dedicate time to me, so I've been getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and just spending time with God. Um, during that time. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not so great because it's an early morning and um, you fall asleep halfway through the afternoon at 73 years old. You're allowed to do that, but uh, that's okay. Um, but, you know, it's been a journey of faith to keep seeking God through these years because I have an expectation that the best is yet to come, that God wants to do something special um, in his church. He wants his church to be rising up and moving on, you know, um, and doing the things that he's called us uh, to do in these days. It says in verse 9, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, or COVID, or famine, we shall stand before this temple in your presence for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. They were looking at a, a, a literal temple, but this is the temple. You are that temple, and he wants you and me to be crying out to him in this day and declaring before him, you are the God who hears and you are the God who saves. That's a great word as we call it out before the Lord. There's a wonderful scripture. We're not using it today, but there's a wonderful scripture in Job chapter 22, verse 28. And it says this, if you will declare a thing, it will be established for you and it will light up your path. So what are we declaring before the Lord? Because God wants something established in your heart and in my heart. And it's only through the declaration of his word that we begin to, to see God move and things opening up for us. Now, we're getting, it's all going to open up tomorrow. I can't, you know, can't sit anywhere. You know, you've got to wear a mask. You, you can't go in for lunch at the moment. I had lunch kind of in Scotland, mind you. We're way ahead of you guys. Well, a little bit, a day, I think, something like that. Um, but, you know, it says, he will hear and save. What's your prayer life been like recently? Because he will hear and save. What are you believing for your neighbors? Because he will hear and he will save. So let me ask you a couple of questions here. Where are you looking? In verse 12, it says here, it says, 
Oh Lord, oh, oh our God, you will, not, will you not judge them for coming against us? For we've no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Where are you looking today? Is it the BBC or ITV or Sky that you're looking for an answer from? Because you won't get one there. As the famous Bill Johnson would say, if all that you're doing is listening to the news, you're surely going to hear the devil speak. But is your eyes on Jesus today? Is your eyes on the Lord? That's what the king was saying here. Our eyes are upon you. Didn't Jesus say, look at me? Didn't Peter and John say that day at the gate, beautiful, hey, look at us. We have the answer for you. And that's what the body of Christ is all about. We have the answer for the world today. And it's for us to rise up and to do the thing that God is calling us to do in these days. What are you hearing? What are you listening for? Are you listening for that word from the Lord? What are you going to do? I mean, I was with a guy who worked with the famous John Wimber. Um, this, this man was kind of, you know, his sidekick in many ways and, and was the, the, the associate to John Wimber in the day. He's on the board of one of our Antioch churches. We're both on the board together. And, and he was telling stories about John Wimber and the famous mir great miracles and stuff that he was seeing around the world, you know. And, and some of the young men that were with us kept saying to him, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. And he said, okay, I'll easily pray for you, but you tell me what you're going to do with it once I've prayed for you. What are you going to do with what I am going to give, give you? What are you going to do? What are you listening to as far as the Word of God is saying? You know, you may go home today and have roast beef and a little bit of preacher or whatever it might be, um, you know, and, and, but what are you going to do with the word? How is that word going to affect your life? And, 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 and as you believe God for the things he wants you to do, you know, 2015, he gave me this word and I'm not allowed to let it go until I begin to see something happen. Something's happening up in the little town of Bam. We've got about 20 people to get baptized in the, in the next few weeks. We're going to the North Sea next weekend. And I get told that I'm, I have to be in the water. I was trying to get out of the North Sea, but 12 people going into the North Sea next week. But I have to go in and baptize four of them. I was hoping not to do any of that. I said, I'll do the ones in the church. We've got a baptistry in the, in the building. So... But that's not going to work. I've got to go into the North Sea as well. Have you ever thought of getting baptized in the North Sea? Just come up on the 23rd and we'll do it for you. Yeah, great place to be baptized. So what are you, what are you hearing from God in these days? What are you listening to? Are you listening to his voice? Listen to what the Lord um, has to say to you. Verse 15 here says, the prophet says, and it says in the, the, the New Living Translation, um, Katrina read it, I heard the word listen twice in that verse. Listen, the prophet says, Jehaziel. He says, listen, you sons of Asaph. Listen, you people. 
And um, because it says there, do not be afraid or dismayed of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. My goodness, that takes the pressure off. The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen? It belongs to the Lord. We need to, we need to hand over our battles to him and allow the Lord to work with us and in us. That word dismayed there, what it means is not to, it means um, don't be dismayed. Don't break down or be discouraged. Now, that's a hard word in these days that we're living. Lots of breakdown in people's emotions, lots of breakdowns in people's mental health, lots of breakdown because of grief and all the things that many, many people have gone through recently. But the Lord is saying, don't be dismayed. Don't break down. I'll listen to my word. Take hold to what I have for you because I want to take you into the next phase of what I have for you. There's an opportunity, and it comes through the listening to the Word of God, laying hold to God's Word. I remember one time I was praying for this lady, and, and, um, and you know, her and her husband were going through some difficulty. They'd spent a fortune on some counselors and stuff, and getting help in every way they could, and she had, she had uh, was having some difficulties, you know, some depression and stuff happening in her life, and, and I, I can, you know, they said, listen, this is the last chance, because if we don't see a breakthrough in her life, she's going to have to leave, they're going to have to leave the ministry, and we're going back on Monday, and that'll be their last day in ministry. Would you pray for them? And I said, okay, I'll pray. And I remember going into this room with this lady, and I said, hey, all I do is I pray in the Holy Spirit until God says something. And whenever God says something, I'll tell you what it is, and we'll believe God together. And so I was doing that with this lady, and then all of a sudden, I get this picture. Now, in America, they call them a pinwheel. In Scotland, we call them a little windmill. You know the little kids, little windmills that they hold on a, a little stick? Um, and, and that was the picture. I said, this is what I'm seeing. I, I can see, feel that there's a fresh wind of the Spirit blowing into your life. And at that moment, she had a picture. She had a picture of, a big, wind, of big wind turbines going round and round and round. And all of a sudden, she goes, I can still hear God. The depression left momentarily. She got back to the, her church, and they, they got back to their church. She walked into her husband's um, um, office, and she, she was quite an artist. She, so she clears the walls, and she takes out her paintbrush, and she drew big wind turbines all over his office because God had spoken and God had broken through. You see, if you listen to the word of God, breakthrough will come, because that's his promise for you and for me. And many of us need breakthrough. We don't need to be very clever spiritually to know that we need a breakthrough in our lives at this moment in time. And it's only as we listen to the Lord. Don't be dismayed. Don't break down or be discouraged. Reinhard Bonnke quote, um, he said this, God will move when you move. So when you hear the word of the Lord, it's not, oh, that was nice. It's so that you'll do something. 
Amen? We have to be doers of the Word. Now, they say about us Scots that we're doer, you know, we're, as we would say up in the Northeast, a sour, a, you would say a sour bunch, but we would say a sewer bunch, you know, we, we don't smile much anyway. Either do you, I notice. I don't see any of you smiling, by the way. Anyway, praise the Lord. I might hear you chuckle a little bit. But listen, we got to be doers of the Word, according to James. It's by faith that we take hold of the Word of God, and we begin to believe God for the next phase of what He wants to do in our lives. Amen? And so, what do we have to do? In verse 17... We're just cutting through this scripture a little bit. Um, and, and it says, I love what it says here, position yourselves. Are you positioned? You know, are you in or are you out? Where are you? Are you in between? Or, you know, listen, you've got to position yourself as to where God wants you and what God wants you to do. There needs to be a yes and an amen in our hearts in this moment in time in our lives so that we are, are, are doing the very thing that God's called us to do. You know, I was beginning to say to you that my wife and I, we handed over the pastoring of the church to a younger man uh, that was nearly four years ago. And uh, we started to go to Texas to work alongside Jimmy Seibert. And so we would go in two months in the spring and two months in the autumn. And uh, so we were just getting into it. We were on, our, I think it was the fourth or fifth stint at doing that and had to let go of all the local up north. And, and there we were, we're you know, traveling around the world and doing various different things, Siberia, of course, and Mongolia and various places like that. And, and, and life was different. Life was, had changed. But then all of a sudden, um, you know, um, it was... When COVID first hit, that we, we had to leave the States before they shut down, got back home, and we've done nothing for a year and a half but sit at home. Well, haven't, we've done a lot, really, but, uh, um, you know, we're, it's the longest Yvonne and I have ever been in the same house after 49 years of marriage. Because I used to be a fisherman, and then after that, I became a pastor, but I traveled quite a bit through, through the years. So this is the longest we've been together, and we're still holding it together. Hallelujah. I don't know what she would say, but she's not here. It's my turn today, okay? So, um, but, but we're managing. We're, we're, we're breaking through. And, and she said to me, she said, what are we going to do? We changed everything. I gave away the local. And now what do we do? Do we come back in? To, and, and we're back in the local church serving again. Because it's whatever your hands find to do, you do it unto the Lord. Oh, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. Well, it might be a chair that you could pick up. You could start there. Maybe a part of a welcome team. You could start there. You know, there's always something to do if we have a mind to do it. Well, I'm a bit older now. Well, so am I, but there's still something to do. There's still places to go and things to do. Well, we'll hand over to all the young people. Well, yeah, if you can catch me, you can have it. That's what I tell them up north. If you can catch me, you see, when you hand on a baton, you have to see somebody running ahead of you, not coming up from behind you. Amen? You have to keep running until they're past you, and then you hand it on. And that's what we've sought to do through the, the years. So we position ourselves. Get into position. Stand still. 
and see the salvation of God. The end of Psalm 91 says that we'll see the salvation of God. Uh, We've been praying that for a year and a half now, for three times a day, declaring um, over us um, with regards to COVID and all the rest of it. Psalm 91, an amazing psalm. And it finishes, we'll see the salvation of God. In verse 18, um, how did they get their strategy for what they were doing? I love this part here. Sometimes it's missed in this story. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. You see, if you're not a worshiper, I doubt if you're going to hear God. And it's being in that place of worship. It's not coming to church just for a three, four songs in the morning. Oh, I worship when I go to church. No, it's a daily thing. It's an all-day thing as we worship Him and as we stay in that place and keep Him in the center of our hearts, in the center of our lives. And sometimes that can be difficult to do, but as we lay hold to to the Lord in in these days, you'll be amazing what God will do. You know, a few weeks ago, I woke up for my early morning prayer time I don't need the alarm clock now. It's just set at quarter to five, and I get up, and I go to the church. And, and I remember waking up that morning, and I'm thinking, what are you going to do today, Lord? I asked him the question, what are you going to do today? And I went to our church building, you see, and I unpacked my bag with my coffee. Of course, revival in a cup, that's what Bill Johnson says, so I have to take that with me and break bread every morning and, and get out my Bible. And I was aware of someone standing just at my left side. And I turned to look, and the person disappeared. And I'm thinking, Lord, was that you? And as I began to journal a little bit, I realized that Jesus had been standing in the room with me. And I'm saying to the Lord, I hear other people talking about having great conversations with you, Lord. Why didn't you stay? Why didn't you stay, Lord? And we have a great conversation. I could write a book or something. Why didn't you stay? He said, I wanted to show you my glory. I want you to to taste of my glory. And that's all you could cope with at the minute. But there's more glory coming. That's helped me to keep pressing in for the more glory. It's always in my prayers now, His glory, that we would see the glory of God come to Great Britain. Amen? There's been words from the Lord that when, I don't know where you are on this one, but when Britain received, you know, got back her sovereignty, that God would move mightily. That's why I keep praying for Great Britain, not just Scotland, but for Great Britain, that we might see a move of God that God wants, and the things that God wants to do in these days, because we love this nation. Amen? We have so much that have been sown into this nation has not yet been reaped, and we want to see that harvest come in Jesus' name. And we are responsible for that harvest to come in. What a great God. He just loves us so much. And I I remember I just felt something deep within me that morning, and as, as, I, as I was praying, and he said it was his glory that he wanted me to experience. And he said, there's more to come. There's more to come. 
So I'm anticipating something else happening in the midst of where we are. So I'm positioning myself for the more that God wants to give to us. They got their strategy out of bowing before the Lord in worship. They bowed before him in worship. It's not possible for everyone, but for me, that's three hours a day. I just get before God and worship and pray and just, you know, I've got no strategy for it, but just worship and prayer, praying and listening to, to the Lord in that way. And I want you to notice the next verse. Then the Levites and the Korathites and the, Ko the, the Kohathites, they stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They're on their face before God, and somehow Jehoshaphat gets the strategy for winning this battle. And what does he do? He sends the singers out first. Could you imagine? He, they were told to go towards this battlefield, and there they were. The singers go out first. Oh, I can't sing. Hey, listen, I live by the principle that God not only loves the nightingales, he loves the crows as well. Everybody can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? You want to hear me sometimes in the church, and I'm glad there's no one else there. Sometimes I'm thumping things, and I'm jumping around, and I'm beating the arrows. Oh, I do all sorts of stuff. But believing God for what it is that he wants to do in these days. Amen? Because he is a God of faithfulness. They, they, they rose up with voices loud and high. You know, I, you, you can think what you like, but it wasn't God that sent COVID. It's a more nothing more demonic happening manifest in our nation. And what do they do? They speak a voice to their face, and I can't worship God with a voice loud and high. I can't worship God with a voice loud and high because they tell me I can't do it. I still do it behind my mask. I don't know about you. With voices loud and high, it's time for the church to be heard, my friends. It's time for you and me to be heard in these days. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, get up on the high mountain and cry aloud about the Lord and who he is and his glory. Amen? The strategy for what was about to happen. And then, of course, the, the, the most famous verse out of this scripture is verse 20. And if you're prophetic, you love to quote this one. That second half of the verse says this, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. You see, believing in Jesus is something that's so important for us. You know, uh, Billy Graham that once said that there's a, a part inside every man and every woman that's God-shaped and nothing else can fill it. You ever tried, you know, I tried to fill it with another new car and foreign hole. This was back in the late 70s when I was a quite well-off fisherman and a foreign holiday, and I'd only lasted two weeks. A nice car, well, that, until I dented it, it wasn't nice after that, you know. I mean, and a house and, and decorate, oh, well, it had to be redecorated. You know, all these things that we do to try and Fill that area in there. It's the area inside us that you just can't scratch. That's the God area of your life that he wants to invade and he wants to live in. He wants to live inside you and he wants to live inside me. All that we have to do is confess our sin before him. Lord, I've sinned. 
sinned against you, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I just ask you to come and fill my life today, Lord. Fill me up till I overflow. And then something happens on the inside as Jesus takes his place in the temple. It says in Corinthians, know ye not, this is the old King James, know ye not that you are the temple, that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple. We are God's, corporately, we're God's temple and the ones that need to be crying out in his name. And here, here, here we see here, it says, believe in God. Believe his prophets. Believe in the word of God and what's said to you prophetically, because that's so important for us. I never move without first hearing God speak, and God is always faithful to his word. And then in verse 22, it says, When they began to sing and to praise the Lord, he set ambushes against their enemies, and they were defeated. God started to, I don't know, you know, they started to fight one another. And it wasn't on the third song. It was on the first note. The first note of their worship, look, when they began to sing. I don't know how you're, you, oh, well, God, I'll just sing a couple of songs and just, you know, or, well, let's try and warm up the crowd a little bit. You know, worship leaders, we're trying to get them warmed up, at least get them to smile here in England. Is that, is that, is that how it works? Maybe get them to lift their hands a little bit. Keep cranking it up there. No, whenever they began to sing, God started to move. That's how important your worship is. That's how important your voice is to the Lord. And do we see the breakthroughs coming in this nation? I think that is amazing. And, you know, they never ever got onto the battlefield because this is where your worship is supposed to take you. It says in verse 24, so when Judah came to, this is the New King James Version, when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, you see, in the New Testament, we're told that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does the NLT say? After they are destroyed, and Judah arrived at the lookout point because that's where your worship's always to take you, to the lookout point. You want to hear God's voice? Get to the lookout point. Get into that place with God, and he'll surely show you what you need to do to see your enemies defeated, because he's a God of faithfulness. He's a God that loves you and cares for you. And the key to the whole thing is as we worship. You see, we're called to worship him in spirit and in truth. As we, we begin to declare his word and as we live a life of worship, we begin to see God move in and through our life. No delay here. No delay. Oh, well, if we sing 50 times this song, maybe God will come. No maybes about it. As soon as they stepped out in faith and they began to sing their song as they believed in the Lord their God, as they believed the prophetic word that they had been given, things began to happen and God began to move. 
because he's a God of faithfulness. I've seen it many, many times throughout the years in this Antioch movement and beyond that, seeing God move and seeing God do things. Now listen, it's time for the delay to be over in our lives, amen? As we rise up in the Lord, it's time for the delay. Some of us don't have a lot of years left, you know, and we want to see something happen before we want to go to heaven. One of my prayers is, don't take me home yet, Lord. There's too much to do down here. Amen. I don't want to go home yet. I want to see something happen on the earth. You know, it's God's will that none should perish. We have a job to do. Amen. We have a job to do, and it's a joy to serve the Lord our God. You know, as we were, as we were, uh, worship, well, I was listening to the worship team. I had a great time of worship before you ever got here. They were just practicing, amazing group of worshipers here. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm starting to prophesy over Jimmy Seibert this morning. I'm writing this prophecy. You'll be waking up soon to get it. And, and just the word, you see, as you begin to worship, the word of God comes to you, and you begin to, you, you, you'll, you'll begin to see someone's face as you're, during your worship time. That's for you to reach out to them. And you'll begin to think of your neighbor, and you begin to pray for him. It all comes out of that place of the presence of God and knowing his love for you in these days. Believe in God, and without delay, we'll begin to see the Lord work and see the Lord move in and through our lives. And then their worship takes them to that place, overlooking the wilderness, and they looked towards the multitude, and they were all dead bodies. God did it because he's a God of faithfulness. You can trust God. He's a God of faithfulness. Oh, but I've had a lot of disappointment in my life. So have I. But you can trust God because he's faithful. Oh, I trusted this or I trusted that. I remember this in the church or that. I remember them too. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll take you through. He'll take you through the storm. Amen? I can, I can relate to, to Peter going up to Jesus asleep in the boat. What? Are you not caring about us? You know, we're dying here. We're, my boat's sinking. You know, I've had nearly that experience a couple of times. Years gone by. Are you, do you not care? He said, what's the matter with you? Listen, I told you you were going to the other side. Just stick with me. Stick with my word. Stick to the things that I've told you to do. And you'll begin to see the things unfold for you. Because God is a God of faithfulness. Let me finish with this. When Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away the spoil, they found among them the abundance of valuables on the dead bodies, precious jewelry which they stripped off from themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. What the Lord said to me back in 2015 about the scripture was that this next three years are important years in the body of Christ, that we are going to see moves of God that many will call revival, but it will not be revival 
and, and the fullest sense. It'll be moves of God. So you won't have to run to Bethel, or you won't have to run to some other center where God is moving just to receive a blessing. You're going to be blessed where you are if you'll believe Him and believe that you're part of a move of God in these days, because we'll begin to see God do something. The precious jewelry, what that represents is all the precious jewels out there that don't know Jesus yet. You're precious in his sight. Amen? We believe that because we know him, and we have that relationship with him. There's lots of people who don't know him yet, and he's calling for people. Maybe you're listening today. I got this name of this lady, Margaret. I don't know if you're online, Margaret, or what it is, but God really wants to touch your life today. He really is reaching out to you and saying, you are precious in my sight, and I want to use you. Would you just come closer to me? Get in touch with the church here, because I really believe God wants to not only heal you, but he wants to give you purpose in your life that maybe you've never had. Now, maybe Margaret's in the room. I don't know. But we're trusting God for that name of that person and, and, and that God would work and God would move. Three years of watching moves of God happen. Maybe you don't see it yet, but ask God to take the scales away from your eyes because God is already moving and things are already happening. Well, the world is shaking, Joe Ewan. What are you talking about? Yeah, the world is shaking, but God is shouting. He's shouting for us to rise up in these days to see his power move in these days. And then on the fourth day, it says that they gathered at the valley of Baraka. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place is called the Valley of Baraka until this day. And they returned every man of Judah and, and Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat in front of them. Now, what I want you to notice is this. The singers and the worship leaders led the army out. But the king led them back into the city. It was the king that led them back into the city. I believe, and what is it? It's going to be 2025. We're going to see a manifestation of Jesus like never before on the earth. I'm sticking my neck out to believe God for that in these days. And I believe that's the start of worldwide revival. Jehoshaphat had peace for 25 years. He reigned for 25 years, and he gave the people peace. When that kind of peace comes upon us, that, that makes room for the revival to come and for something of a manifestation of the Lord like the world has never seen. I think the world is ready for it. I think I'm ready for it, and I'm trusting that you're ready for a move of God like that. That's what I see in the Scriptures, and that's what I believe that God is saying. What you have to do is you've got to take what you're hearing, go back to the Lord with, and ask Him, what part of what that guy with a funny accent, what part of that do you want me to enter into, Lord? What are you showing me today out of this word? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me positioned? Am I in the right place at the right time? Am I just sitting at home when I should be in here? You know, what is it? What is it, Lord, that you want of me? It says in Psalm 110 that my people volunteer in the day of my power. 
it's time for us to rise up in this day and be ready for one of the greatest moves of God the world has ever seen because we've got to believe for that. Amen? I can't believe that God is going to let the world go to hell and just take us to heaven to sit in a cloud or something. Amen? I believe we're here for a purpose. I believe that you're here for a purpose, and God is calling you today into the fullness of all that he has for you, and there's more to do. And, you know, wherever you're at and whatever your situation, I don't know. But listen, it's time to reach out to God. Let him lift off the grief. Let him lift off the disappointment. Let him lift off the, the anything of oppression that's come upon you. Let him lift off the fear that you've had over this time. And I'll finish with this. You know, I used to preach, there's only one valley that God ever wants you to go through, and that's the valley in Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death, so that you get to the table of the Lord to receive the anointing of God. But I found another valley that God wants us to get into. The valley of Baraka, the valley of blessing. So I want you to stand to your feet. Maybe if you're at home, you could stand up and receive from God today. I'm going to pray for you because we all need a blessing. Amen. If you don't need a blessing from the Lord, just go to Starbucks or somewhere and you'll get a blessing there. Sure, a coffee or something. Anyway, but <clears throat> we want to release a blessing over your hearts and lives. Amen? So this is how we do it. You know, I learned this off Sandy Miller, okay? Now, he's a famous Scotsman, really, but uh, Holy Trinity Brompton. He said, this is how you receive from God. Now, I haven't got a nice English accent like he has. He said, I'm a Scotsman, but they spoiled my accent when I went to England. But just hold out your hands to receive from God today. Now to Him. Let Him touch your heart right now. Let him minister to you right now. Let the migraine headache break right now in Jesus' name. Those of you that suffer that way, any arthritis, let it just be shaken off right now in Jesus' name. That heart problem, that fear, that wondering about going out and am I going to survive, let that be broken off. Let every fear be broken off today says in Ephesians 3, verse 20, Now to him. There's more to the verse, but that's all you need to say, really. Now to him. Let him fill you afresh today. Would you receive the anointing for what God wants to do in the, this four years that we're in? Do you want to go another 10 miles, another 10, 20 years yet? Amen. Or, or it's 50 for, for most of you, or 60 or 70. 
I've asked God if I can preach the gospel when I'm 100. If he's not back in, in during that time, and I don't know what they're going to do with me then. They've got a hard enough job as it is, but now to him. Where's your heart today? Does your heart belong to Jesus today? Is this the day that you finally surrender? Have you wrestled with God for a few years and I just need to surrender. Yes, okay, you can have this life. Do whatever you want to do with it. I remember in, a, in the Church of Scotland many years ago, coming to that place. It was Communion Sunday, so you went to the church just to keep your name on the roll. Wasn't really believing God for anything. And I remember I took bread and wine that day, and I said, well, God, if you can do anything with this life, you're welcome to it. God's held me to that prayer ever since. Could you pray that prayer today? Now to Him. It's not to me. It's not by any persuasive word of wisdom. It's now to Him. Just open up your heart to Jesus today. Give Him every ailment, every fear. Exam time coming for some of you. And the pressure of that, we just pray for the grace of God over that for you right now. That marriage difficulty, you're sitting at home and you're biting your nails because of what you've been going through recently, and just say, peace, be still. Look where your pastor's been recently and all that he's gone through. He understands the suffering of grief and is still probably going through it. And we pray for you if that grief is on your heart and on your life. We just ask that God would lift that from you today in Jesus' name. Now receive the refreshing of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Fill every heart in this room right now with your presence, I pray. The rest of Ephesians chapter 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. That's according to the power that's at work within you. The power of the Holy Spirit is already working within you. To him be glory in his church by Christ Jesus from generation to generation. So from my generation to your generation to the baby that I know is in the womb today and that's been in the room today, we pray and release the power of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let his glory come. And let his peace be in your hearts today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.